Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own it's episode 41 and it's the 41st second out of recording too right when i said that it was hey. awesome <laughs> episode 41 welcome back to the photog adventures podcast everyone once again we are joined with our friend kurt kais hey kirk hi guys he's joining us from portland oregon from a room that apparently this week is a lot cooler he has 75 degree temperatures in there and we're sitting right now with 88. So if our room was a DeLorean, we'd be going back in time. Hey, you know what? I saw a DeLorean today. Wait, you did see a DeLorean? Nice. I did. Me and a friend from work went to uh, Panda Express right by work. and uh, That's where all the DeLoreans go. There was a guy getting out of a DeLorean as we were walking up to the restaurant, and (laughs) I asked him how long he had it. It was 14 years, and he says it works great once he fixed all the things that typically go wrong with DeLoreans, and then he didn't tell me what typically goes wrong with DeLoreans. It's like 100 things, but yeah. I can't can't go 88 miles an hour. Every time I show up, a Doc Brown keeps running around the corner yelling at me saying, Marty, 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 Marty. Some guy with (laughs) big white hair. Yeah, and I I resisted how many uh, gigawatts the thing puts out, too. (laughs) (laughs) How can I be so careful? (laughs) Rusty Parkhurst is laughing right now. He loves Back to the Future references. So welcome back to the episode, everybody. I want to remind you about our new hashtag. If you want to have your Photog Adventure featured on the show, do hashtag LPA, Listener Photog Adventure, just hashtag LPA. Thanks to Dean Vincent, I realize that I have hashtags that are, I think, 800 characters typically and so we need to do shorter hashtags hashtag lpa on the listener face on the facebook listener group and you will get your adventure featured eventually so this one is a continuation of our trip up in oregon and in this half of the trip where did we go brendan so we went to crater lake national park it is a giant mountaintop with a lake so what happened is it was a volcano that exploded, right? The boots top off, and then water started melting from the snow runoff around the sides because it's pretty high elevation. I'm not even sure how high. Do you know how high it was, Kirk? Yeah, Kirk, you have some information on that. Did How did it even begin to get water? Just from uh, rain and snowfall, there's no rivers or creeks or streams that flow into Crater Lake. It's all just from uh, direct rainfall and snowfall. Wow. The rim of the crater is about seven to 8,000 feet above sea level. Mm. The lake's surface is uh, 6,178 feet above sea level. Oh, so wow. you're typically 1,000 or 2,000 feet above the lake whenever you're on the rim of the crater. Yeah, and the water is so deep blue. Like, it's like navy blue, deep blue. It's crazy. It's it's not like any other water I've seen before. They said it only took about 400 or 500 years for the lake to fill up. Um, Wizard Island, the island that you'll see in the photos mm-hmm. that's in the middle of the lake, it's uh, it grew within that time period. The Wizard Island, the mountain, was there before the lake filled up. So it came up within you know the first two, three, four hundred years after the uh, eruption. And uh, since then, the lake's just kind of been sitting there. I don't know if I said it was uh, 1,949 feet deep. 
That's uh, wow. nearly 600 meters for uh, everyone except Americans. <laughs> so nearly 2,000 feet deep. Almost 2,000. It's the deepest lake in the U.S. It's the second deepest lake in North America, and it's the ninth deepest lake in the world. But if you take the average depth of the lake, because it's, you know, relatively flat across the bottom i mean there's a couple there's actually a couple little uh volcanoes under the surface that never made it to the top Mm. it's the uh, deepest lake in the western hemisphere and it's the third deepest lake in the world (laughs) based on uh based on average average wow yeah that's awesome i'm sure you guys can see why it's considered like the uh, crown jewel of oregon i mean it's by far one of the most spectacular uh features that we have here. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Other than your coastline, I think it is my favorite place to go in Oregon. Yeah, I will definitely want to go back. Yeah, and if you like waterfalls, you uh, need to make sure you swing by the uh, Columbia River Gorge. There's a couple yeah. on the Washington side, but all the really spectacular ones are uh, on the Oregon side, and it's all within like an hour's drive from Portland. Yeah, that's right. We have to do definitely it. have to hit that place up. Yes, I mean, that I've place seen is pictures beautiful. of that, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, they had 48 feet of snow at Crater Lake this last year. Um, average is actually only feet. 44 feet, and uh, so four the feet most more. they the most they've had is 69 and a half, and uh, so. We uh, pretty much hit an average year, so middle of June, late June, just be aware that uh, the park may not have many uh, roads open at that point of the year. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, this is a good segue to talk about how when we arrived at the location where we wanted to go up to the Crater Rim for that evening, we parked in a spot where there was a wall of what? 15 feet? feet. Nine feet. At least nine feet. Yeah, nine feet. I was going to say 12 feet, but it's uh, it was up there. <laughs> yeah, crazy wall of snow, and all of that snow is melting, and it's only melting at the bottom where it just flows constantly with water. Yeah. Imagine one of those cool water features in a mall where the water's constantly flowing through and recycling through. Like a quarter inch. It's like really <laughs> yeah. thin. A quarter inch thin sheet of water going over a surface of something, and then it recycles through. Well, that entire driveway, that parking lot where we were, was like that. All yeah. the snow, all night long, all day long, constant flow of water. When I stepped out of the vehicle in my flip-flops, my flip-flops went underwater and my feet were soaking wet. So I had to do everything with the cuffs of my pants up a little high, like rolled like I was in the 20s and 40s, like rolling my cuffs up, have my cigarette rolled up in one sleeve. I was sitting there <laughs> trying to keep myself dry because we're standing in a waterfall to get ready to go up. And get ready for the yeah. It was Milky weird because you couldn't actually stand on the ground to like change your shoes or anything. Oh, no. You had to like I had to like stand in the doorway. Like yeah, you had to commit to sitting, and then once you got down, you had to commit to being in the water. You knew yeah, put was, your full boots on, tie everything because you can't kneel down. Right. It was a little weird. It was of that. made it difficult. It did. <laughs> we take that for granted in a lot of places. I think middle of June, end of June. I mean, I imagine that it's not melted by now. And that it won't be until mm-hmm. the end of July. So what, August is the only month that you can go there without walls of snow? They don't expect to have the East Rim Drive open until the middle of July. So, I mean, oh. if you actually want to drive all the way around Crater Lake, you have from like the middle of July until oh, October yeah. when they uh, close the park. 
Yeah, wow. and right off of that place that we parked, there was a close a road close sign, and that's why it was closed. Oh. It was the east drive around the lake. Right, Holy that cow. was the fork to head to the east. Oh. Well, I mean, it'd be fun to go back this year, but I doubt we'll be able to do it. So <laughs> we'll maybe next year we'll go later in the year and see what it's like going around the whole lake. So this is a good part to stop. Let's go ahead and take our first break of the podcast, and we'll come back and talk about how the Milky Way photography went that night because, yeah. spoiler alert, Stellar. <laughs> it was awesome. Pun intended. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Uh, we were talking about Critter Lake and talking about when we first arrived and we saw the crazy, you know, at least nine foot wall of snow and whatnot. I got a couple pictures that I'm going to post in the show notes to show you guys. Oh, I got yeah, that's some right. You have yourself next to it so you can get a little mm-hmm. bit of scale of how crazy Yeah, tall you can see are. the cars on one and then I got a picture of me and the other and you can see it's much taller than my head and I'm... Almost six feet. And who are those guys that were digging into it? They showed up and they're like, okay, we're shoveling snow. On the second day, these guys just showed up in a pickup truck and started shoveling snow into the back of the truck. They showed up to the point where it says road closed, and then they turn around and the guy gets out like he's going to go take a whiz over here. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he's going to go behind there and no one's going to see him. And then someone shows up and joins them from the other side. They back up the pickup into the wall. We're like, okay, what are they doing now? Toss each other a, a shovel. They jump up on top of the eight feet, nine feet, 12 feet of snow and start shoveling it into the back of the truck. Yeah. Not just a little bit. It was a lot. It was supposed to be 100 degrees down in the valley uh, that day. So Holy I think God. they're just coming up for a little snow to take back to town for a party. I've, I've seen people <laughs> driving down from Mount Hood into Portland with uh, trucks full of snow like that. So Serious? That's funny. Must yeah. must be a common uh, redneck thing to do or something. I don't know. Does the snow really survive the drive down? I mean, do they get there and go, well, here's a bucket of snow because it's all that's yeah. left. <laughs> uh, it was that's like, a good question. I mean, it was like 70, mid-70s in the daytime there. Yeah. And the snow couldn't melt. It, it's just, it's still like extremely slow melting. You would think it would melt much faster, that oh, temperature. Gosh. So we got out that night, saw that crazy wall of snow with our flashlights and thought, wow, we're going to figure out a way to get up this thing. And then we looked over to the right and there was an actual kind of like natural ramp that people had Yeah, it was perfect. Except foot, for foot how traffic. slippery it was. Yeah, it was a little slippery. Um, not too bad though. Nah. Not as far as snow goes. So we got to this, got to the lake and it just looked like a straight drop off into like, in a black abyss. And yeah. it seemed like the part that we were taking our photograph, or we were going to set up around a little bit of trees, but the path around the trees was like really narrow and like kind of slanted towards the abyss. And so it was just like really <laughs> treacherous. Like it was it's like, we're setting up here. <laughs> like this is the only place to go, I guess. Never been here before, at least myself and Brendan. And we are in the dark walking around on what is a slope as it is thinking, Okay, we really don't want to venture off any of this that we can see. Who right. knows what is there? It was so dark, in fact, that when you looked up, it was the Milky Way was so incredibly clear and bright. Maybe one of the clearest I can recall, honestly. I know that we've been to crazy dark sites, and I was at a dark sky site at Natural Bridges National Monument that was darker than this, mm-hmm. with everything around it dark. However... It seemed like we had all the conditions in our favor from in our favor from cloud cover to seeing to transparency. The moon was entirely gone. There was nothing blocking our view. And do you think elevation helped way. too? The fact that we were higher up and the sky was completely clear of I mean just devoid Absolutely. of clouds. Absolutely helped. I think that we'll only experience that if we go to Hawaii and go up high. Mm. Go Something We've got to try that sometime atmosphere. for sure. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. So, Kurt, um, have you been there before 
for Milky Way photography at all, or is this your first time as well? Uh, that was my first time uh, for uh, Milky Way shots. Uh, you know, every other time I'd been there, it was just uh, camping with my wife, so we'd do stuff in the daytime. So what are your first impressions from that first night when we pulled up and turned our lights off and walked up to that the crater edge? Just like you guys are saying, I mean, the Milky Way was amazing. And uh, you mentioned Hawaii. I'd actually been up to uh, the top of Mauna Kea. Ah, really? I was going to uh, say that specifically, but I also wanted to say the one that Rusty went to, and I couldn't think of how to say it. Hanalea, Hakalea, Hakalea, Haleakala, Haleakala. Oh, yeah. wow. Good yeah, job. that's the one on Maui. I've been <laughs> to the top there, but only in the daytime. Mm. Been to the top of the, the big island at night. I took one of the tours up to the uh, see the telescope observatory, oh, wow. and uh, <sighs> the only catch was... We all had to leave at, uh, Wait, you know, what? within 30 minutes of uh, sunset. They went Valley of Fire on you? What? Yeah, they uh, put you back on the bus, but they drove us down to 9,000 feet and then pulled out a 12-inch uh, uh, telescope and set it up, and uh, you know, everyone kept the lights off, and it was amazing. The, the sky was so bright, you could just walk around without any lights at all, and it was it was amazing. No twinkling in the stars. It was just you know calm air, just really amazing. It's that's probably the best place I've had for uh, star viewing. Wow! But uh, yeah. Crater Lake was was probably ninety percent of that. I mean, it was really good. Nice. Yeah, it was like a that was like um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a slam dunk. Like as far as yeah, you know, being there. All the right time in all the right situations. And there wasn't any wind that first night, too. I mean, it was like nope. the best conditions. I mean, the average low temperature, I think, in uh, June is in the 30s. And uh, I don't think it got below like uh, 55 or so. I no. Mean, it, no, it, it was, was really pleasant. It was like perfect out there. It's one of those great nights where you pack to be warm, but then you end up taking all of it off and leaving it by your tripod or over by your bag because you just don't need it. You're hanging out in nice, cool, comfortable clothes. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, the thing I found really amazing was uh, the you could see uh, air glow. There was this oh, green yeah. air glow mm -hmm. just above the, uh, the south side of the lake. And I think that's the first time I've ever seen air glow, or at least first time I've ever noticed it. Really? Yeah, I, I can't think of any other time I've ever seen it. So, did you look that information up? Because I don't even know what is the what is the green you air glow. You don't know the what air glow. Photoionic. Photoionic. I. I guess Kirk has looked it up and has a lot of the specifics, but it's just photoionized atmosphere. So is it kind yeah, of like aurora, or is it just? Well, it's it's. Go ahead, Kirk, but it's not Aurora. It's some other it's thing different. that happens, okay. and it happens everywhere. We just see it more on the horizon because as it's more dense and like we're looking through some to see some in the background, it gets thicker and we can see oh, more green. Okay. But it's right in front of us too. Like if you're up in the space station, you look at the Earth, you see the atmosphere, there's always that thin layer of green, red glow that happens. That's the air okay. glow. So okay. what is the technical background of it? Yeah, so just like you're saying um, – the air glow is always pretty much up there. Um, there's two basic kinds of air glow. There's a green air glow and a red air glow. The green one starts from about uh, 100 kilometers or 60 miles up, and the red air glow starts at 150 kilometers to 300 kilometers, which is 90 oh, to really? 180 miles. The glow is caused by the uh, ultraviolet radiation from the sun. It, like, breaks apart nitrogen and oxygen atoms during the daytime and it energizes them and uh, they form ozone and all these nitric oxides and oddly mm. 
I'm an analytical chemist, and at work, we actually have a machine that uses the same technique to measure nitrogen. Oh, really? So the higher up you go, the more you'll get the uh, red air glow. It's less stable than the green air glows, which is why it only happens way up high because the molecules oh. can't bump into each other before it gives off the light. So if the molecules are farther apart, you know, they're more out into outer space, it gives them more time to break down and give off the red air glow. That's crazy. So all the red air glow I'm seeing is always high, high, high up versus the green. Right. Certainly in my camera, it really picked it up. But the the Sony's uh, definitely had, uh, you know, it looked like, looked like bad color correction green uh, mm. all over the frame <laughs> from it. But uh, it was definitely interesting and uh, and it's it certainly was there because we could see it with our eyes it really was an awesome feature and when i went on my full panorama went over to the left and i could see all that air glow over the water and reflecting mm. green in the water at least i could see it in the water from my camera i was like okay this is awesome i set myself up for a time lapse and this is one of the things that didn't go well for me is i foolishly started a time lapse without going hmm aaron get a brand new camera battery. Why aren't you going to sit here with this camera battery you've been using all night? So I foolishly used the same battery that I had and oh. I went away from my camera, had it running and I sat down and then I went about a half an hour, 40 minutes and went back to look at it and see how it was doing. Off. I checked it. I had only gone for 10 images, maybe 17, like 10 to 17 images before it turned off. And so oh, the whole time, I, mean, I was starting a time lapse every three seconds. And so we're talking like, two minutes later it turned off and i didn't right. know because i walked away from my camera so i need to make sure that i always put in a fresh battery before i start any time lapse why <laughs> wouldn't i it's like i had six of them in my bag just waiting why did i buy all these stupid wasabi batteries if i'm not going to use them yeah and so point. i felt like an idiot because that air glow it had done a lot of change from that point where I had started to the yeah. where it had come. And I wanted to see a time lapse of the air glow transitioning and changing and moving like a cloud, like a aurora. But I didn't have that. I lost it. And the second night, it wasn't nearly as strong as it was the first night. Well, Kirk did a bunch of time lapses. Kirk, did you pick up any of that in your... Yeah, I, I used to have that issue with the batteries dying. You can actually power the camera through a USB port on the side of the camera. Oh, so nice. I just brought a uh, big lithium-ion battery pack and a regular USB cable and plugged it into the camera and it just it'll run for about a day on one of those uh, medium-sized battery packs. So I saw that sitting there. It's like a simple power bank, right? A little power bank or a little external yeah, hard drive size item. Right. It's just like a 20 or 25 dollar uh, lithium-ion battery pack that you buy from Best Buy or wherever. Wow. This time lapse we're looking at is it from the second night or the first night? Um, I think that's the first night. Kirk has wow, a setup the, with his Sony. The whole day. <laughs> where he's got uh, oh, night the whole day sunrise. Transition. Look at that. Look, at, there's the um, Venus band. Look how it just wow. closes down. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay, so Kirk has a day-to-night translation. That night is a trans fantastic time-lapse. a night-to-day time-lapse. And the night-to-day time goes all the way to sunrise, looking at the opposite side. We're going to link this in the show notes so that you guys can all see this because 
his Sony on top of having, did you use QDSLR dashboard for this one or just your Sony? Now, actually, I have a uh, Sony time-lapse app that you go to the Sony uh, Play app station, whatever website, and cost you $10. You can install it into 10 of your cameras. 10 but bucks isn't that yeah, bad for this. Oh, I just man, put the camera yeah. on Aperture Preferred. I have a manual uh, Rokinon lens on it. You know, the F-stop's fixed and the camera's just going and it's adjusting the shutter speeds. Focus it, frame it, push the button, and then I walk away and works great. Oh my gosh. I, I'm sitting here thinking that, of course, you stayed up all night long and did this because it's awesome. If I could just get my camera to do this, get the right equipment, get the QDSLR dashboard working on my Canon 60 something so that I can do this too. I would never not do this. I'm going to have to have a camera set up all night long everywhere I go. I'm pretty sure you I can go. do this with Magic Lantern. Well, you can't. There's no auto exposure ramping. He has to have ramping here. I would go too bright. Mm. And so since I don't have the time-lapse bulb ramping that I'm going to need to make sure the exposure's right, I have to do it manually. And manually I uh, did it, and it wasn't working with the metering last time I did it on manual. So There's I, something we can do. I'm I've sure get there's a there. setting we need to figure out because I'm – I'm if you figure sure out a setting, it. that'd be great because we have the exact same magic lantern. I just know right. that there isn't anything that I've found as I've looked. Okay. I, I'd we be have some more experiments found to do there it. then. Okay. I do know that with QDSR dashboard, I can set this up with the LR time lapse uh, setup. And so I'm right. pretty sure I'm going to do this. So, yeah, when I'm doing these time lapses, I just don't really feel all that comfortable about walking away from the cameras because <laughs> right. it's like if something happens or it falls over into the lake or something, I kind of want to be there to see it happen. I've just kind of gotten in the habit of uh, trying to stay up all night while I'm uh, doing these time lapses. Usually I'll bring like a, a camp chair and like a, a tablet and I'll sit there and read Royce Bear's book on uh, astrophotography or uh, listen to Photog Adventure podcasts. Yes. You know, whatever, whatever it takes <laughs> whatever to, it takes. you know. Not bore me and put me to sleep. I'm glad you put so, it that way. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Whenever I'm ready to go to sleep, I put on a photo adventure podcast. And I'm out in five. Yeah, I so guess. about four o'clock, I think I like uh, got the chair that Brendan had hauled all the way out there and sat down in it. And I bought this really great, really cheesy sleeping bag from REI that I, when it first came out like a year and a half ago, I saw the ad and they had some hipster guy with his, you know, little Portland beard and his plaid hat and he's sitting there in the sleeping bag with his arms sticking out of the sides and his feet sticking out the bottom and he's got his cup of coffee and I'm going god what are they going to think up next and then I saw the thing go on sale for 60 bucks and it's like after spending one night out doing a time lapse up in the cascades and freezing my butt off it's like mm. I'm getting that sleeping bag <laughs> that way you can have your arms free exactly I hauled that thing out and put it on and sat in the camp chair and just watched the sunrise come up and it was a gorgeous sunrise guys you you missed it it was the water was perfectly smooth on the lake right at sunrise it was it was amazing. Oh, man. I was too busy getting three hours of sleep. Yeah, and I, I, I was there just after sunrise because I set up my hammock right by, by the trees right behind us. You were up there the whole time for the sunrise, though. I was yeah, up you're there, like, but I was... I was, uh, you were like was, 10 feet away from me the whole time, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, was, I think I was snoozing away. How did your hammock go? How did you like it? I did the deluxe hammock set up this time. So What was deluxe about it? I actually had an air mattress my wife got me for Father's Day, so I actually blew that thing up. You put an air mattress inside, put an air mattress the, hammock. inside the hammock. It <laughs> <laughs> was a Taco Bell double decker. Well, the thing is, um, the hammock itself. Once you're in the hammock, it's super like light, and any breeze that blows like chills oh, your back yeah, like instantly. Freezing. So it freezes you, and so you have to have some kind of barrier. 
So oh, I had that right. as a barrier. Even with the backpack, even with the sleeping bag alone is not enough of a barrier. I, I must say that's probably the nicest sleeping arrangement I think I've had so far. I was so tired. We had just driven the whole night before without sleeping to get to Bandon. And then in Bandon, we got out for the Milky Way right at what, guys? Was it 2 in the morning or 1 We got morning? up at 2, I think. Yeah. I woke think up so. at 2. So we woke up at 2 after going to sleep at like 11 maybe yeah that was hard and so it was an hour and a half of sleep after a whole night of not sleeping and then i was exhausted i i've got to stop photog adventure trips i've got to stop starting photog adventure trips on no sleep at all yeah that will kill you i gotta do the other way around where i get more sleep than i've been getting before i go on a photog adventure because i want to be out all night i wanted to be up there with kirk but i couldn't last i couldn't outlast him i was done by 3 a.m i needed to get some sleep Mm -hmm. so these guys were up there brendan walked down with me to get his stuff i think kirk even came down and grabbed a few things before he went back up there with brendan when you guys were gone i'm sitting there with the door open and so you know how it is when your car light is on on the interior and now you can't see anything else. Oh, yeah. You don't it's see anything black. around you. And because of the constant waterfall noise, I really couldn't hear anyone approaching me. So I was always kind of freaked out. I started thinking, I'm vulnerable and I can't see them or hear them coming because of the noise of the, the brook, the river the that I'm standing the, yeah. on, and the fact that I couldn't see out past the light. And so I was kind of, it was in my head a little bit, and I'm moving things, I'm doing fine. I'm hunched over on one box, leaning in, and suddenly it says, bum, 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 bum. like, whoa, who was that? Chinese woman was talking to me, and I didn't know who it was, I couldn't see her. I'm like, what the heck? And I grabbed that box, and I pulled it, and pulling it caused the sound to go <sighs> off again. And it was Brendan's stupid USB charging, uh, what is it? was a Bluetooth player. A Bluetooth player. And it's got a Chinese woman's voice on it saying, Moda. It's like it sets you up for Bluetooth Moda. And so what I didn't hear her say was that she turned the radio on. What does she say when the radio turns on? Because somehow I powered it by moving the box. Oh, yeah. Something inside moved around just enough to like hit the button and to press it. And it's like, something blah, blah, on. And so all I heard was a voice that sounded female, and then I heard a Chinese voice and recognized the moda, because the way the Chinese woman speaks English, she doesn't say Bluetooth mode, she says Bluetooth moda. Yeah. (laughs) And so it freaked me out so bad. I thought someone was right behind me, and they weren't. It turned out it was in front of me, underneath another box and another box, and it was a stupid Bluetooth speaker. And just so you know, guys, he was saving the story for the entire trip. He never told us this at all. I wanted, yeah, We are hearing this for great. the first time, too. I wanted it to be a surprise and like get their reaction. I think I got a good smile and laugh from Brennan, but you guys oh couldn't gosh. hear it. I'm yeah. sure Kirk was smiling and inside laughing, but we couldn't hear him either. Yeah, that, that was a great story. <laughs> yeah, that was great, Aaron. That's a great job. <laughs> I didn't get the reaction I was hoping for, but man, I'm sure some of you are laughing with me that that would freak you out. If you're sitting there already vulnerable, already thinking that there might be someone there you can't tell is there, and then they talk to you. Luckily. Yeah, that'll, yeah, that would get you. <laughs> well, and also there were people coming and going all night out there. Oh, I yeah. was surprised how much traffic there was in the you know middle of the night and you know the far end of Crater Lake from the rest of the park. Exactly. And I wasn't being paranoid because, no, we're out in the middle of the desert. No one else is out here. I had one or two vehicles pull Mm -hmm, up and leave mm -hmm. during the time I was packing. And so I was waiting for someone to come up behind me and jump me. And so I really, (laughs) I felt it. Hey, he's alone. He looks kind of short. Hey, he's got camera gear. He's got a lot of camera gear. (laughs) Let's get him, guys. 
Yeah, yeah, let's get him. A ragtag band of Navy <laughs> naval officers from the 1920s coming after me. So the sound from the water was trippy because when I was out there by myself the next night by the truck, I could hear it and I turned around. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Because it was like, and it sounded like something <laughs> like alien was slowly creeping up on me. And I turned around, I'm like, what the heck? It turned you know? back into snow. And then there's nothing there. And I'm like, what is that noise coming from? <laughs> and so I walked up closer to the wall of snow. And at the very bottom, you could see the water. And you could see the, the bubbles flowing underneath the little ice pieces. And it was going. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, dude. It was freaking. And it sounded like it was coming right at me, you know? It was, it was, it was really eerie. Definitely a situation where it wasn't, you know, absurd to be. Scared. I even got the. I even turned my camera on my phone on with the light on, so I could actually like record the water moving and hopefully got some of the sound. Oh yeah, I, hope I can. So. I'll, I'll post that on the show notes because that's. It was really interesting. And if I can get this stuff done this weekend that I'm hoping for, we'll have show notes on our new photogadventures.com, and you'll actually be able to post things like video oh, files. Yeah. Nice. The next morning, I was rudely awakened by Brendan to say, "Hey, man." And you're missing the sunrise. Oh, I mean, it already happened. I'm going to go up there and get Kirk and we'll come back down. And so I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> he's coming right back. I better get up and start packing. Like an hour later, probably. <laughs> yeah. It was an hour later. I could have slept for another hour before I even needed to start packing up because it took me 10 minutes and he was there getting breakfast and putting his camera's gear away. So it's like, he he be like, hey, wake up, blah, blah. We're going to go in an hour and 10 minutes, but I'm not going to tell you that part. So I'll see you I soon. I was just so excited when the sun had rose. <laughs> That uh, it was just amazing, but I missed it already. I yeah, really missed it. I, I know, and sleep. I was super excited. I didn't realize how I didn't realize how exhausted you were. I guess I didn't really know that you had like no sleep at that point until I, I woke until up you, screaming you so at angry. you. <laughs> You're like, get away from me! I'm still sleeping. <laughs> That's not actually how it went. <laughs> I don't think I was, was angry, like that. but I was like, what's going on? No, it was like Grumpy Bear. You know, I was like, <laughs> I think why I, are you waking me up? I think I do remember saying I was something like, um, that was sarcastic about... This is amazing. And he's like, I, we're going to be here all day. Leave me alone. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I'm like, we're going back tonight and I'll see the sunrise tomorrow, right? You're like, I guess so. I'm like, I'm oh like, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, I'll get a chance. It's not like it's my last chance. <laughs> but when the sun had rose, I saw the parts that we couldn't see because it was pitch flipping black out there. <laughs> and the part that we saw was this PFB, little tiny, man. this little tiny, like... Um, nook of the area we were walking around, like went out a little bit further, make maybe eight feet from where we were walking on this edge, and then it looked like it just dropped off. Like I didn't At know if it was like it a like straight it drop off. off to a cliff or what. So we right. only walked down to like an edge of that, and I'm just like, okay, that's far enough because I'm gonna kill myself if I go any further, and I still can't see anything. So that's great, you know. But mm-hmm. in the morning, that actually drops down like six feet, like a little tiny ramp, and then it goes out to this like huge awesome like yeah. rock peninsula this rock peninsula in the sky that you can get an awesome view i ended up filming an astrophotog video out there because it was so cool yeah i couldn't believe how cool it was little trees growing on the rocks and just it was oh, just amazing yeah. gnarly rocks that throw from the volcanic stuff because mm-hmm. they're very mm-hmm. igneous as soon as i saw it like ran down it and i was just like oh my gosh this is amazing <laughs> You're like not only can i go down it but i want to run all the way down i'm it. running down with my arms flailing <laughs> i'm Camera sure this will go out. well hey. i'll be fine this path goes forever. Ah, it's still so, going. <laughs> so, oh, my wife, I love her. And uh, Aaron, I have the car keys. I mean, from there, I chucked the car keys behind me. Oh, I wish you could do that while you're falling. But most people will never do that. So I, I honestly, <laughs> I your, your fantasy, death, your future death that I'm in, it's inevitable. It's going to happen because of the way that you go to cliff edges. 
you will die or injure yourself on a faux tug adventure off a cliff. It's very, it's and the very first likely. thing I think of will be stupid. Brennan has the keys. Yeah, I'm I will never gonna... take the keys out of my pocket <laughs> no. as I'm falling and probably breaking arms and legs and stuff. <laughs> I and be like, oh yeah, let me get the keys and throw them up. Yeah, that's. I should be crying for my friend who died, but I'll be just a frustrated that just you got the keys. Ticked off that you're there alone. And you that you no probably have a cell anywhere. phone that has signal. I have the crappy T-Mobile yeah. cell phone that can't even call for your help, and I can't drive anywhere. So you're just stuck. I just jump off the cliff too. I'm like, well, <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> I can't join. Just might as well join them. <laughs> I'm getting out of this alive anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that is very likely. So maybe we should probably have always have like two pairs of keys. How about you just not go off cliffs? Well, I don't want to die on a cliff either. So now our listeners are envisioning me being this stupid, foolish idiot running down like. He's, he's not, but he is one of those funny people who like to go to a ledge that looks precarious and to see if it actually can hold his weight, he jumps on it. Yeah, you gotta I, jump on it, make I sure, do, you know. But I don't understand that. You're testing it with the consequence. Why don't you, you test jump it on it? Way? You want to jump on it, make sure it's going to hold you and your camera. Oh, yep, so it didn't. Yep, it didn't hold me. Ah! Well, because if you, if, you, if you tap on it a little bit and do a little bit of a jump, you can probably jump back probably. pretty easily than you Maybe. would be just like sitting there wondering, oh, this is nice to see if all of a sudden, I and think you're not you've ready seen for too it. many Hollywood videos where they're running on falling rocks. It doesn't work that way. I believe it can. <laughs> if you have the skill. If Michael Bay has done it, it's possible. If the Ninja Turtles can do it, if Poe the Panda oh, can do don't it. Don't start me with Michael Bay and Ninja Turtles. You've ruined my past. You've ruined my childhood, Michael Bay. All right, back to the topic at hand. It was so cool, the outcropping. Yes. Beautiful, igneous rocks. And further out, and you can see the water on both sides of you even better, less distractions, less things blocking your right, view. Right, it really did just put you right out there, and yeah. it was just an amazing viewpoint. I wanted to go there the next night to shut up all my stuff, but I realized every time I turned on my light, I'd be in your guys' frame. And so I couldn't do it. I needed to turn the light on to record me mm, for videos, yeah. but I couldn't do it. So I had to go back up again. But man, that'd be so cool to be down there. Yeah, so sometime we'll have to do that. Yes, please. After the sunrise, when I finally spent an hour and a, hour and a half down at the car, we got ready to go. These guys hadn't had any sleep compared to me, except Brennan had a little bit, but I had the most. And I had full memory cards for the GoPro, full memory cards on my camera because I foolishly didn't take them off and I started taking pictures. So mm. I couldn't just go through and delete 780 photos individually on my camera. That would have been fun. <sighs> so I had to do a project and these guys needed sleep. So where did we go, Kirk, to sleep? Where was that place that you guys ended up having to lumberjack your way through there? Yeah, we went to the uh, North Crater Lake Trailhead Snow Park. So we drove out the uh, north uh, entrance from Crater Lake and oh, yeah, uh, up to the uh, state highway and it's just a mile after we hit the junction and there's the turnoff for the snow park. Thought that'd be a great place to go because who's going to go to a snow park in June? And <laughs> We left a, a snow closer. park and went there had no snow at all. Yeah, exactly, you say, yeah. You say snow park and yet it was hotter than Hades there. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty warm, huh? I think you uh, mean desert. I could not find. It was just pure desert. <laughs> like half the trees were like dead or like burnt or something. They just yeah. weren't not alive. And no one's been there apparently for a while because there were two dead trees on the road. Falling on the path. Trying yeah. to get there. Yeah. You, we had yeah. to muscle one tree, an entire tree, off the road by pivoting it on its heavy end of the stump. Yeah. 
and getting it out of our way so we can drive past. But the and the other first one, one gave us some nice permanent pinstriping. Yeah, trying to get in there, scratching the outlook. So we knew that we knew that nobody would bother us because they're not going to be able to move this huge green tree <laughs> that was down unless they went the same way we did and just but scratched most, the car. Yeah, and I'm going to guarantee you most people would just turn around, right? So mm-hmm. not us. We're going to go and get some sleep, We right? did pick the worst place to get some sleep, though, because there wasn't any shade. I mean, it was funny sitting there, because yeah. in the vehicle, I put up a bunch of shirts and sweatshirts and shades that Brendan has for the front windshield so that I could have some shaded situation, mm-hmm. but it was hot as ever. Mm-hmm. So I had the doors open and the mosquitoes. I'm like, I don't care about mosquitoes right now. I just need some wind going through here. So I'm right. sitting in the vehicle working on two laptops, trying to transfer all the files, getting a full GoPro off from our abandoned part of the trip watching Brendan. Now, over in the sauna was Kirk in his tent. <laughs> At Gosh, one point, yeah. he came out and he wiped his head like he was just coming out of a swimming pool. <laughs> it was hot Yeah, it there. was hot. <laughs> it's like I set the tan up, it was in the shade, went to sleep. An, An hour, hour later, later. <laughs> it was like in the sun. So I like got out and dragged the tent over like 10 feet and then climb back in for another hour's worth of sleep. Oh, is that what you did too? I was seeing, I was, I yeah. moved my hammock three or four times. Four times. You started out, you picked your place <sighs> so meticulously as being the perfect spot. The sun would move and maybe you'll be okay. The shade would stay there for hours. No, we're totally wrong. No. <laughs> it was just wide open. He moved his tent from his hammock from there to there. Then he moves his hammock again over closer to me. It was me. like every hour. And I then you went moving. over there by Kirk in the end. And even then it was gone immediately and you slept on the outside of it or just rested yeah, on the outside. it was outside. just unbelievable. There's, the trees just weren't dense enough. And they were like really scraggly lodgepole pines, which are the crappiest yeah. trees in all of the state. So yeah. it was it was definitely not that good of a spot for sleeping, <laughs> but it was nice and quiet. Yeah. So after that horrible afternoon of trying to sleep and just end up getting baked. Oh, so Steam baked. And mosquito bitten. And mosquito bitten from you. I, I was from me? I wasn't the mosquito. <laughs> Stop biting us. Um, yeah, it's better than a mosquito. So we went back to Crater Lake that night, got settled in for the next night, and we ran into a couple people at the parking lot and talked about what we were yeah. doing. And it's funny because we saw Sue and Kate over there at the snow carving mm-hmm. a giant phrase in it. Turns out they wrote, Thelma and Louise lives. because they had just watched Thumb and Louise before they came. It's a mother and daughter, Kate and Sue Decker. They're awesome. Sue was so excited when she found out we were photographers and then excited when we told her, we're doing Milky Way photography tonight. You want to join us? We'll teach you how to do it. Oh, yeah. She was jumping up and down. Like like a school kid at a candy store <laughs> and like, can I, can I, can I? And her, her daughter, daughter had to say yes because, yeah, okay, mom, you look way too excited. You're good. Like, gonna... I can't say no to this. This is crazy. <laughs> and they had an Airbnb and everything and they practically didn't even use it because they were out all night. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a really cool opportunity with them. And at first, I was filming astrophotog videos and photo mm-hmm. adventure videos. Kirk was helping me as I was doing a panorama lesson on how to do a panorama real quick. Okay. And Kirk and I were having a heck of a time getting that balance. Because like you described, that slope, just complete and utter slope. Getting my tripod balanced at the head so oh. then I can buy my ball head in position to do a nice sweeping one. Mm-hmm. We were trying to show the video show the people on the other side of the video how this is a challenge sometimes and you got to do this and this and this and so I was going through it what do you think Kirk we spent like 20 minutes just on balancing and and making that level oh yeah it took a while I mean we were standing on a slope and you know nothing's level and it's dark and 
it, it definitely uh, took a little while to get it set up. Yeah, and it's totally unfortunate because it ate up all my time to finish that video. Mm-hmm. I never finished it because Sue showed up. And Sue and Kate showed up with treats from the restaurant we had just had at the lodge. They had this awesome dessert there, and they brought some of it, and it was so good. And so we couldn't say no to anything. We were just 100% focused. Kirk and I were telling them everything that they needed to do, and Kate was hanging out there writing on her blog. Mm -hmm. If any of you guys saw it on the Facebook listeners group, uh, I posted her blog post that she had about that trip. It's called Nature. Neat nature, nature. Yeah. His really cool blog post was awesome to be mentioned in it. Yeah. And so we're helping Sue out the rest of the time the Milky Way's there. And by the time she was heading home, the Milky Way was so vertical, I couldn't even begin to do a panorama. Right. And so that whole video is just begun. And I'm going to have to refinish, refilm the rest of it somewhere else. So unfortunately, that video was going to be something I could have gotten out Monday, Tuesday after the trip. Nope, still has mm-hmm. stuff to edit. Mm-hmm. All of these astrophotog videos I have, they're all like three-fourths of the way done. That's oh, frustrating me. But yeah, I can imagine. July yeah. is going to be the month of doing it. And so I'm going to get these, I'm going to get these out. All right. You know, after all the time we spent uh, getting your tripod all nice and level, when Sue came... She had like one of those pistol grip uh, heads Mm -hmm. on her tripod, right? It was so hard. And you were trying to show her how to do a pano with that, and it was just not going to work with a pistol grip, right? Her pistol grip, too, required her to fold it all the way down at 90-degree angle, and then her camera so she could have a vertical or a a portrait orientation on her camera. And so then that was turned down at 90. She was way off the nodal center point, Uh, and it was just, it was working okay. It was was kind of a chunky, clunky nightmare. Hmm. So didn't you guys move her camera onto your tripod? pod at one point once she got done with her entire panorama and we're talking like 45 minutes because she was taking the shot and going in between each one and i'm afraid her entire panorama is gonna be so hard to stitch because the Milky way has moved so, so much. much now maybe lightroom will find it still i've seen it work pretty well but yeah i've also been pretty quick yeah, pretty quick yeah between might be stretching it a bit so i gave her instead of hooking her camera up on my tripod kirk i had just had her take her memory card out of her camera and throw it into mine one she could see what it was like on a Canon 6D versus mm. a Canon T6i, and she had a chance to try out that lens. Now, she could have attached the lens to her Canon T6i. The T6i would have taken it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I wanted her to have as best situation as possible. So she just moved her camera, memory card over, and then she used mine, and she was done within like 15 minutes. She's like, pop, 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 right. and did the second row, and it went so fast. And so now she took home something that she took, her shot. I didn't even help her that second panorama nice. on purpose. I was like, okay. You have the foundation, you know the settings, go. And I was there, if she had any questions, I was just hung around eating my awesome cobbler that she brought for us. She never asked a question at all. She got through the whole panorama all on her own, so when she sees that image, it's all her, 100% her work of an awesome Crater Lake panorama. And that's a pretty glorious thing to take home. Yeah, so I was on the other side of this kind of wraparound. You went up in the snow a little bit where it could down. allow you to pass and then come back down in an awesome spot out on a ledge. There's another out, a little, little 100 yards away. If you look straight, maybe 50, 60 yards away from us. No, it might have been more than that, actually. More like 100 plus, right? Yeah, maybe 150 even. So he had a nice overhang that he was on, and you were doing a different video over I was there. Shoot, uh, Yeah, I was shooting my 50 millimeter shootout video, so... I had the perfect setting, super dark, super clear, you know, and I just said, okay, this is the time. I just got my phone out and I just recorded the 50 millimeter shootout. Yeah, so can't I, wait to I've see got that video. most of that done. Um, I just have the second, like 
or the, the, the last third to finish at the studio, and then oh, I'm going to awesome. release that. So Yes, I can't wait for that to be on there. Yeah. Astrophotog from Brendan. Yeah. So the 50 millimeter shootout, did you do a single shot between each one shootout, or was it stacked, or was it so panoramic? I actually had six lenses, but five of them actually decided to work that night. So the sixth one, yeah, the sixth one crapped out. They, it's an old Nikon that was adapted for an EF mount, but the EF oh. mount um, electronics is just won't work with my camera. So, so I, I focused mostly on the, the core of the Milky Way and next to the row of Yuki, all kind of in the same shot mm, there. That's going to be glorious. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm excited to see how that turns out. Yeah. Awesome opportunity at Crater Lake. So if you want to enjoy the pretty visuals, go to our video here in a couple, in a few weeks. We'll, that'll be out there on the YouTube channel for the Crater Lake. Probably like August is when you can expect to see it. So that was a fantastic time at Crater Lake. Oh, I yeah. loved it. Can't wait to go back. Kirk, thanks so much for going with us. Oh, sure. That was great. It was awesome to have you there. And next time we're out there, I'm doing the day to night to day time lapse. I can't wait. Yeah, let's wait. do it. I'll be set up for it. Even if I have to buy a $300 plus piece of equipment to do the bull ramping for me, I'm going to have it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to love it. So let's go ahead and take our last break of the podcast, and we'll come back and talk about our unique technique that we went through for this trip. Okay. Most of you have already heard this, but maybe you haven't gone to patreon.com forward slash Photog Adventures and checked out any of the reward tiers. But one of the cool reward tiers is that if you're at $10 or more a month, you're actually part of a group that we will commit to getting out to. Now, does it mean every month? Absolutely not. We can't possibly afford to do that every month. Yeah, yeah. But we have this commitment that we will make an effort to get out there. I know it's such a cool idea that you guys can be like our guide and you guys can you know, take us around to your area or a place that you've always wanted to go to. And, and we can experience that together. We can make a video, talk about on the podcast. This is really cool way for you guys to get involved with what we're doing. It's really fun. Yeah. It's not something where you throw money at us and we get to keep doing what we're doing. It actually changes everything and we start revolving around you more. So become a founder of Photog Adventures. Go to patreon.com Photog Adventures and join us and become something that is building what Photog Adventures is and not just watching us do it. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for your support. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast, guys. We're talking with Kurt Kies. He's joined us in the Crater Lake trip. And for this week's unique technique of the week. Oh, man, that's terrible. Wow, that's, re- <laughs> that's really rhymey. Should I keep saying it that way or should I stop saying that's it that way? funny. You just go with it. <laughs> the unique technique of the week, guys, is a Star Tracker. And we talked a little bit about Star Trackers with Eric Benedetti, with a guy who's done it for mm-hmm. years. But now for a guy, Kirk, who's just purchased one, Give us the word. How was it? It was everything I could hope for. I mean, really? easy to use, um, relatively inexpensive. Um, Ooh, yeah, and yeah, part. your episode with uh, Eric Benedetti really uh, pushed me over the edge. And I think I got 20 minutes into that episode and ran to the nearest computer and uh, <laughs> placed an order and had the thing at my house in like a couple of days. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking forward to having Eric Benedetti back. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. And I, I emailed him with a couple of questions about stuff, and he uh, was generous enough to reply back with some answers. Nice. Definitely try to get him back. So was was it very hard to get it oriented on Polaris and do all that stuff? Like the initial setup? I mean, it was really easy to use. I mean, there's a knob on the side that you set to either track stars, track the sun, or track the moon. Wow. I'm going to use this for taking pictures of the uh, total solar eclipse later this year. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. As far as setting it up that. and getting it aligned, I mean, it, everyone says that's by far the hardest part, but, you know, I'm only taking the longest exposures I've done, I think, were uh, 180 seconds, you know, like three minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 
pixel peeping on the uh, the A7R, you know, 36 uh, meg negatives. It's the stars just nice sharp points. I was really pleased with uh, how well it uh, tracked. So far, the only time I've set it up and had a view of the North Star was uh, in my backyard. And every other place I've gone to set it up, I've had trees in the way. Oh, right. And Crater uh, Lake, you probably not did too. been able to. Yeah. So everything's always been blocked by trees. So I've got a little uh, camping uh, hiking compass. So Crater Lake, it's about 14 and a half degrees east. Portland, Oregon, where I live, it's a 21 degrees east. So you adjust that on the compass, and then I just hold the compass up against the side of the uh, mount. And I, you know, kick the leg of the tripod till I get the thing roughly north. <laughs> it works. I couldn't believe how easy it was to get, you know, close enough for a three-minute exposure that the stars aren't coming out as ovals. I mean, they're nice, sharp points. Wow. So <laughs> the exposure part, I think I've got that fairly good, but we'll have to see how the uh, stitching goes. I mean, that... That'll tell all, right? So in the end, do you feel like, I mean, we talked about how the stars were clearer. It was more interesting. The exposure was longer, had more detail. This new technique that you used, is it something that's going to make you think you should only ever use it? Or do you think that you can use both methods, regular method that we've been doing on top of a motion tracker? Or is motion tracking just so good that you practically will only do Milky Way photography with it? God, I think I'm... Uh kind of leaning towards only doing it with the tracker. Wow. wow. I mean, the, the stars just come out so much brighter. I mean, you, you just can't compare a, you know, two or three minute exposure with anything shorter. I mean, there's just no way around it. Mm. So that's great. Thanks, Kirk, for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. So now let's go into our listener portion of the podcast where we bring in a listener adventure and a listener question. So let's start off with the listener question of the week. And we got something from Lane Veach. Now he says... Awesome time-lapses, guys. He was just watching the time-lapse video we put up on mm -hmm. YouTube where Brendan had an awesomely animated, by the way, of intros there where he went into After Effects and created an awesome video of all the time-lapses or most of the time-lapses we have from 2016. And Lane Veach says, I don't know if you have discussed this in any other videos, but what program do you use for combining all your photos into time-lapse? Yeah, so what I do is I do most of my processing in Lightroom. And so I'll go to the first image of the series, uh, my time-lapse, and I'll process that the way I like it. Then I'll highlight all of those um, images and sync them all. And that's like the easiest way to get them all the same. And then from there, I, keep them, I leave them highlighted. I export them as JPEGs into a folder. And then from there, I open up uh, Premiere. And so if you're, if you're familiar with the Adobe um, Creative Cloud Suite, um, we both have that because we use it for editing and for both photos yeah, and video. For everything. So um, I use After Effects, Premiere, and all that other stuff. And so I just go ahead and buy the $50 a month package. And in that, you use Premiere, open up Premiere, you set up a new pro project, and that we do, and you, you import that, um, that image sequence as an image sequence by importing it into your bin. And then there's a drop down menu that's not always there. So you have to make sure you hit the more options button. So when you open up your folder, you, hit, you just click on the first image, make sure your image sequence 
uh, option is checked and then you can import them and it just it just brings them right into premiere like a nice little movie all ready to go and you can just drop that in your timeline and start editing awesome well let's go into the listener photog adventure and this one comes from kevin jordan kevin jordan if you've read him he's over on improved photography he's been writing there for a while and i love his stuff hmm. he's not gonna use photo pills until the light pollution map is shown on photo pills because he loves his planet uh, planet, planet for photographers yes, yes. has been fantastic has no reason to change ever planet it's the way <laughs> it's a pretty cool Kirk's gonna seen, vote yeah. for it. All right, guys, buckle down for a story because Kevin writes an awesome story here, and I think I'll be able to go through it fast. So I'm not doing much editing of it at all. And let's listen in to a sun, a sunrise morning with Kevin Jordan. When my alarm sounded, I poked my head out of the tent and was greeted by a low-hanging fog. So I made the plan to drive up to Cadillac Mountain in, a in Acadia National Park to try to capture a shot of sunrise breaking through the fog. As I drove towards the mountain, I saw a hint of an orange glow appear in the clouds, and I realized I must have written down the wrong sunrise time. So I quickly changed plans, turned my car around, and drove towards the nearest east-facing coastline and sprinted down the woodland trail towards the ocean. I could see a gap on the horizon between a fast-moving layer of sea fog and the cloud bank above, so I spotted a rocky outcrop above the rest of the coastline a few hundred yards away and scrambled towards it as quickly as I could. Moving quickly was way more difficult than I expected. The rocks were covered in slippery algae. I moved over them as gracefully as a baby giraffe would on a frozen lake. <laughs> <laughs> so he was not... It was not going very well. I'm still not sure how I didn't break both of my ankles and have to drag myself up the trail in defeat, but I made it just in time to catch the sun burning through the gap between the clouds and the sea fog. So he caught it right there, mm. right between the gap in the clouds and the ocean. Oh, I bet that was awesome. This is a blend of two exposures to capture the dynamic range using an Irix 15 millimeter on a Nikon D750. I shot it at F16, ISO 200, and I did that because I was just so rushed. I didn't even double check that my ISO was at the lowest setting. So he could have gone even lower. He only did 200 because he was just thinking about, man, I'm going to miss my opportunity. So let's check out his picture, guys. Whoa. That turned out awesome. Wow. I mean, the sunrise is glorious over there. And wait, sunset, sunrise, sunrise. That's sunrise. Sunrise. I'm confused. East Coast. Acadia is in the East Coast. Yeah. He's in Maine. That's picturing Washington. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, it's a gorgeous photo. Band of sunlight on the horizon with the, the streaks in the clouds coming out towards mm -hmm. the camera. Oh, yeah. It just looks really great in the... The ocean's uh, crashing on the rocks. It's got a lot of motion in it. it. It just looks really nice. For something that came up as a last-minute ditch effort to go find this location, it turned out to be a fantastic foreground. Yeah. It's colorful. It really it's brilliant. Is. It's taking on the light. I'm sure he dodged in some of the color here, too. It's taking on the light of the sunrise, and it's working beautifully. Nothing's in a weird shadow and not enjoying the bathing of light that it could have. It's all working out perfectly. Like I've done this before where I've yeah. ended up in the wrong shadow areas or I didn't I didn't hit the rocks that actually get hit by the light. Mm. But he did. He yeah. did an awesome job. That's beautiful. So check out in the show notes, guys. You can see Kevin Jordan's picture and go to Kevin Jordan's site. If you have a chance, check him out. He has a lot of good work here. Awesome work, Kevin. Thanks for sharing that with us. And well written, man. Well written. Made it easy for me to bump through all that. Seriously, yeah. Thanks for staying with us on the podcast and enjoying the podcast with us. We really love having your feedback and love how things are going. We can't wait to keep doing this for the next few years to come. Yeah. We're sure in five years people get bored of us doing this, but for now, we're really loving it. So thank you for our supporters. Your guys are you're awesome. You we couldn't do it without you. And uh, 
Yeah, thank you for your support. And Kirk, thank you so much. Again, this is Kirk Kais. You can find his photography at Kais Photography or Kais.com. What was it again? It's uh, Kaisphoto.com. K-E-Y-E-S-P-H-O-T-O.com. Awesome. No spaces. All one word. Okay. So all one word, Kai's photo, K-E-Y-E-S photo.com. You can go there, see his photography, follow him. Kirk has awesome stuff, and he's going to have even more awesome stuff with the Star Tracker. Oh, yeah. So thanks, Kirk, for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks to all of you. We'll see you in a week. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye, guys. <laughs>